Dr. Laura Lee was born in Windsor, Ontario. She got her DVM from the Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Guelph in 1979. After graduation, she moved to Nova Scotia and joined a mixed animal practice. After 15 years in that practice, she purchased a small animal practice in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, where she still practices to this day. She got her acupuncture certification from IVIS in 2000 and her chiropractic training at Options for Animals in Illinois in 2003. Since then, she has done advanced training in acupuncture, applied kinesiology and functional neurology with Dr. Carl DeStefano, as well as fascial work. This varied training has molded her clinical practice philosophy into a unique style that she is sharing with others through continuing education lectures. Dr. Lee has been a lifelong athlete, horse enthusiast, and musician. She continues to stay physically active and plays with various jazz percussion groups, as well as Brazilian samba drums. Please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Laura Lee as we talk about her education, her practice path, and how she will be sharing her knowledge with fellow veterinarians in some upcoming continuing education webinars for CIVT. Dr. Lee, thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario. Um, I'm a second generation Chinese Canadian and um, my grandfather uh, immigrated from China and eventually ended up in Windsor, Ontario. So um, I spent my high school years, uh, school and high school years there, and then went to the University of Guelph for veterinary college. When did you decide you wanted to be a veterinarian? Oh, when I was about five. <laughs> yeah. I think I went with my mom to take our cat uh, to the vet. And I could hardly see over the top of the table. And he had a, a cat bite abscess on the side of his face. And the doctor fixed him up. And I watched most most of it. I think it was draining, if I remember correctly. At the time. And uh, I was impressed. So that was it. Um, how was it? How far is uh, OVC from home for you then? Um, OVC was about a, a four-hour drive. Uh, from home, yeah, not there too far. at that at that time, yeah. How was uh, how was your school experience there? Oh, it was great. Uh, university of Guelph was great. Uh, small university, um, really nice campus. Uh, agricultural college there too, um, and uh, I, I I had a great time. I got involved in a lot of different things there. What sort of things? Um, well, in residence, I became the athletic rep, so I ran around the residence getting people for teams, all the intramural teams, um, tried my hand at all the different sports that they had there. Uh, they had a kinesiology school there, so there was a lot of stuff on offer. Uh, um, I uh, learned all sorts of things, cross-country skiing. Uh, uh, I, I had been riding a little bit before before that, so I uh, continued riding there. Um, I uh, did some sports I'd never heard of, like broomball. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> sprained my ankle on the ice one year doing that. Um, our vet class, once I got into vet school, our vet class was very competitive, and we had a lot of intramural teams as well. Um, so did a lot of sports things there. Also did a lot of music. I took music as um, my humanities and uh, did performance music. So I played uh, in a early medieval consort um, 
music, ah. and which was a lot of fun. Um, so I was almost like a music major in a way uh, for that. I put a lot of time into my music, and uh, I also was involved in their performing dance group as well in the university. Nice balance to all those sciences, huh? Yeah, yeah. And the sciences, I, I loved being in the labs. Everything was great. How many, uh, how big was your vet school class? Uh, my class was 120 students. Um, they had increased it a few years, a couple years prior to my class. And it was a pretty big class. I mean, that is a big, so OVC would probably be, would it be the biggest school in Canada? It, it was, yeah, uh, at the time. I think it still is in Canada. Um, at that time, um, there wasn't any gender equality, though, so it seemed like there was a uh, set ratio of one-third women to two-thirds men in the classes at that point, at that time. Yeah. Um, did you know what kind of medicine you wanted to, to do when you got out? I've always been obsessed with horses. <laughs> so I, yeah. I knew I wanted to work with horses, but I, I didn't really see doing straight equine practice because that would involve a lot of racetrack stuff and it was mm -hmm. very male dominated and um i knew i wanted to do some small animal stuff too so that's what i did when i graduated i uh worked for a mixed practice and did well for the first five years did a lot of everything cows pigs horses dogs cats birds you name it <laughs> did you uh stay in ontario then after you graduated no on graduation i um moved out to Nova Scotia. Um, I had uh, fallen in love and married a, a fellow veterinarian who uh, was brought up in Nova Scotia. So um, we had a job offer for the two of us in the same practice. And uh, that's where we went, Nova Scotia. And Did, he, uh, he was used to it. He, he had been brought up here uh, too. So that was, that was fine. Ah, um, how, how many people were in the practice? Um, let me see. The mixed practice had two clinics, and there were uh, probably about uh, six veterinarians at the time. Um, and I was there for 15 years. And then, unfortunately, life happens, and uh, my husband and I split up, and I ended up buying my own practice, uh, small animal uh, practice mainly, but I do a little bit of equine too. So that was what, in 94, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you bought this practice. Were you the only veterinarian then? Uh, yes. Um, it was um, probably about a one and a half vet practice. So I did end up hiring somebody part-time. And I've had various part-time people, but currently uh, I've had a hard time finding people and um so we downsized a bit, and it's just me right now. Do you do emergency work? No. Uh, we've had an emergency clinic in the area uh, since 97, which has made a big difference in, in lifestyle. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. So how about how about when you started and you were doing, doing horse work, were you doing emergencies for horses then too? Uh, I was for a time, yeah. That can really wear on you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. So I, I stopped doing regular practice on horses. Um, oh, probably 
10 years, 15 years ago. Um, and the horses I see now, I just being, it's just alternative medicine, acupuncture, chiropractic, myofascial. Nice. Nice. Get to go, yeah. get out on the road and get fresh air, but you don't have to worry about being on call all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am not on call. Um, and, uh, it, it has dropped off a bit because as I get older, I'm, I'm not wanting to travel so far. So, um, it's basically just a day out of the office every once yeah. in a while, which is great. <laughs> it is. I bet it is kind of, it's kind of low pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't have, don't have to drive too far. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. you did the, did the Ivis course in 2000. Where was it? Um, it was in Toronto at the time. Um, at the Michener. Yep. At the Michener. Yeah. 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 Did you enjoy the course? Yes, I did. It was a great course. Um, I think there were 50 of us in it and, uh, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I remember the first module was really brain blowing. Um, my, uh, all these different concepts to, to, uh, sort of cram in there and think about medicine differently. And it was, it was quite, quite the eye opener and quite the brain stretcher, I would say. <laughs> you probably hadn't had any exposure to that in school then. Not in school. No. Um, my my family um uh sort i've sort of grown up a little bit with herbal medicine like if you know you're sick you would drink this sort of tea or in the winter time there would be these sorts of herbs put in the soup and things like that um and uh my father traveled to china for business and so he had had some acupuncture experience uh, some acupuncture sessions on himself and so uh, I knew about acupuncture. Um, there's a local veterinarian uh, near Windsor, Lloyd McKibben, who was one of the pioneers of acupuncture and horses in Canada. And I, I did go uh, and watch practice there for a couple of weeks just to get some exposure to that too. So, um, was, was that prior to the Ivis course or after you were done? Yeah, that, that was prior. Actually, that was uh, early uh, before I graduated, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and then chiropractic came after. Yes. Um, I found out more about chiropractic once, uh, uh, during the taking the IVIS course. And, uh, so part of my reason for taking acupuncture and chiropractic was that my own horse had suffered a neck injury. Mm -hmm. And uh, we took him to the vet college, had neck x-rays done. They didn't really see anything. Um, so I figured, well, we'll see what happens. I'll treat him as best I can. And, and if he gets worse or if he's in pain, I'll put him down, but he didn't, he slowly, slowly got better. And uh, I knew I could do more for him than regular medicine. So that's, uh, one of the reasons, uh, maybe the main reason actually that I did took the IVIS course and then doing the acupuncture on him, um, I knew there was a little bit more I could do for him, and then the, I took the chiropractic course about three years later. Where was that held? Uh, that was in Moline, uh, Illinois. It was, uh, I think it was the first year after Sharon Willoughby sold the school to yeah. the, the, for the bought it, yeah. Sure. Did, and did you enjoy that course? Yeah, that was great. Um it was a small class. I think we only had 15 in the class, so there was a lot of great hands-on stuff. And uh, it was uh, 
a wonderful, wonderful experience. That would um, that would have been that would have been perfect to have a class that size. Yeah, yeah, it was. As I said, I, I think it was the the first year of transition for them, and so they were sort of rebuilding the course and things like that. So they didn't want it too big yet. Yeah. So it was it was great. As I as I recall, because I did it a few years before you, that there must have been what six eight horses in the teaching herd there. So that would have gotten you a lot of hands on. Yeah. Yeah, we did get a lot of hands-on. That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, had you had you been adjusted before going to, to options? Um, yes, I had. Um, so um, when I was taking the IVIS course at the Michener, um, I had a problem with my left arm, and uh, it started going numb. And... So I had a workup done. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was a gymnast in high school, and I had a bad fall on my neck. And uh, so the, it turns out that I have some osteophytes, some um, <clears throat> osteoarthritis on, on my uh, facet joints on uh, C3, C4. So um, acupuncture, I, I got some acupuncture done while I was at the Michener, and it helped, but it didn't stay. So... I ended up uh, going to a chiropractor, a local chiropractor, and that made a big difference um, with my arm. Um, now I very rarely get uh, numbness or tingling or anything in it. Oh, that's great. Do you remember yeah. how many chiropractors were in your class at, at Options? Um, I think it was a pretty even mix. Uh, I think it was <coughs> sorry, um, seven seven of one and eight of the other, like a pretty even mix of vets and chiropractors. Yeah. So it was great because we got to learn from each other too. Oh yeah. I mean, that was the, for me, the first time I'd ever, you know, been in a room for a length of time with someone from another profession really. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of complimented the, uh, the classroom stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, really interesting for me because, um, Flying in from Halifax to go to Moline, if I flew into uh, Chicago, and then you have to drive three hours to get to Moline. Um, so I paired up with two other of my classmates who are European. Uh, one was from Austria and one was from the UK. And yeah. they were, um, one was a vet and one was a chiropractor. So it was really great to, you know, to get some different viewpoints of how things are done. Oh, you know, yeah. We used to, yeah, I used to do the driving uh, from the airport. So we would all meet up at the airport, and then I would drive us into Moline. So that was that was a great time. So you flew into O'Hare? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I did that same. I did that same trip when I when I took the class. I would get get a little car and drive across farmland to get to Moline. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been great to have uh, have company, though. I didn't have company when I did it. Yeah, it was nice, although sometimes if we had an evening flight uh, or one of them came in in the evening, then sometimes it would just be somebody sleeping. But, you know, it was still nice to have company. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Well, it's nice you were the boss. You were able to put this stuff into practice when you as soon as you got home, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, While I was taking the IVIS course, um, I had a few uh, cases that uh, – I told them I was taking a course and I thought their dogs would benefit and could I practice on them? And the owners were great. They let me practice on them and the dogs benefited. And, uh, uh, 
So it was sort of a win-win. I didn't charge them anything at the time for that. And that was great too. The same with the chiropractic. I did the same sort of thing uh, with um, a horse that uh, actually had EPM. And um, he did really well uh, with the chiropractic. Uh, we kept him going for probably about 15 years. It was amazing. Wow. So you had your own horse as, as your uh, practice. Yeah, my horse practice and horse. this other horse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good that way. That's really nice to be able to have uh, – some people didn't have access to horses and, oh, and to be able to practice in between modules. It's really yeah. good. So, so how did your, did your practice start to change after that? Did you, did you start to lean more toward holistic medicine or how did it, how did it actually go? Yeah. Um, yeah, I started to do more and more acupuncture. Um, and, uh, I, I took, a um, I've taken a, a quite a few different, uh, extra sort of seminars and courses. Um, and, uh, I also, um, took some of the uh, applied kinesiology functional neurology courses um, uh, with Carl DeStefano and uh, that that really uh, changed some of my chiropractic work into more myofascial work and so I've been sort of following the the myofascial lines um, because I, I have very sensitive uh, fingers, very sensitive touch. Um, so I can feel these things and it, it really, it's really neat to be able to make a difference with just your hands. Um, you know, see these animals coming in that, that have, uh, mobility problems or lameness problems or even other problems that are causing pain and being able to do something with just your hands and not having to use drugs or anything like that. That's great. Where was uh, where was Carl's AK when you were taking it? Um, it's in uh, just outside of Chicago, Naperville, uh, on the west side. And uh, so fly into uh, Chicago O'Hare, and then I think it's about an hour's drive. Um, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy. Um, the uh, Chiropractic he teaches is more based on neurology. So again, it's a bit of a brain bender. Mm -hmm. um, my brain is really full after some of his seminars. I, it's uh, it's really it's really been helpful though. I'd use the applied kinesiology muscle testing all the time. Do you use a surrogate? How do you do your testing? I use myself as a surrogate. Yeah. So I do my testing um, with my finger muscles as, yep. as my, um, indicator. And, uh, I've, I've used different styles, but I found that the easiest way, the fastest way, and the least wear and tear on me is to use, uh, two fingers crossed and mm -hmm. then so strong, the fingers stay crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are you, how accepting were your clients of that when you started doing that in the exam room? Um, when I first started, um, I was using, I was trying to use uh, other people as surrogates, but I found out that there's too much interference because there's another person in the way. Yep. yep. So um, when I first started using myself as a surrogate, I, I chose the clients that I wanted to use it with, yeah. uh, make sure that they were open to the idea and I would explain it and uh, it went really well. And um, so I, I uh, 
use that too to, to choose herbs. I use it for Chinese herbals. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'll do the uh, uh, whole, you know, rational brain diagnosis thing, but um, most of the time I'll use the muscle testing. Um, and I find my results there are much more accurate. Um, and sometimes if, as long as I trust the system, it works. If I question it and I don't trust it, then it doesn't work. So yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. learned to let go. Yeah. Oh yeah. It can be quite powerful and, and quite fascinating actually, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it has really, really improved my accuracy. So I have to imagine you correct me if I'm wrong, but probably as you started doing that and you started getting more and approaching things from a fascial perspective that your techniques, your chiropractic techniques must have changed a bit from what you were taught. Yeah. Yes. Um, even before a lot of the myofascial stuff, I, my chiropractic techniques have changed, uh, because, uh, I'm short and, uh, I don't have the arm length and even in school, I couldn't do some of the neck adjustments that, uh, on horses that they, they were teaching us. So I, um, thought about it. Uh, I had a, a, a patient, a, a horse patient that had taken a fall over a cross country fence and hurt his neck and landed on, on his neck and bent his head, which was actually quite bad. And so I knew I needed that adjustment. I knew I didn't have the arm length for it. So I just figured out the angles and the, the vectors, like which direction I had to, th to do the pull or the thrust. And I did it and it worked. And it was like, I thought, wow, this is great. So um, yeah, I've modified my upper neck techniques for horses, um, uh, quite substantially and, uh, whatever makes it easier. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's gotta be, uh, I think a bit easier on your patients as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're very accepting. Yeah. The other thing I do is I, I make sure I'm fast, um, and accurate right? because if you're really fast, and you're really accurate, you don't really need a lot of force. And I find that my patients are uh, much more accepting of that. Um, whereas if you do a, a longer setup or um, it, it doesn't, uh, you don't go as fast, then sometimes you do, I get a bit more resistance. They have a chance to sort of think about it and resist. Sure. So speed I find works. You bet. So, uh, just tell me about your practice now. How has it evolved and like what, what sort of, what's your day to day? Are you doing a lot of traditional medicine or how does, what's the mix there? Well, actually with the pandemic, I'm doing more conventional medicine than I used to. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, I don't know if it's a pandemic thing. It seems to me the cases are, are a little more difficult or more involved. Um, uh, maybe people are waiting longer. Um, uh, I, probably do 60 to 70 percent alternative medicine um and if a patient comes in that uh has a condition that will benefit from alternative medicine but the owners aren't a uh, regular alternative medicine client then i offer them the options and and go with whatever they they want to do um so that that's certainly a change there a lot. I find uh, these days a lot more people are interested in following herbal or um, non-surgical type of treatments. Um, 
I used to do cruciate surgery. I haven't done one for over 10 years. And uh, I've been doing non-surgical cruciates. Uh, and they work for most dogs. There are some dogs uh, where it's difficult because of the size of the dog uh, for for uh, a good resolution. But uh, some people persist with that. And in the long term, if you look at them after like two, three years, I think they're just as well as if they had had surgery. So that's, yeah. that's a difference. Oh, that's great. So <clears throat> you've kept up with your music. Yes, I have. That's probably been a blessing for you as far as keeping your sanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been really good. And, um, what I've done with that, like I, I was interested in jazz music. So I volunteered for the jazz festival, the local jazz festival for quite a number of years. And they have a creative music workshop program, um, where they develop, uh, musicians in, uh, improvisational music, uh, imp improvisational jazz. And, the person that leads that, Jerry Grinelli, he, he was a drummer for Vince Guaraldi and the Peanuts uh, yeah. Christmas special. Yeah. So he's the original drummer, and, and he's he's great. Like, he um, is interested in developing musicians as people. So I've taken his workshop for uh, um, probably about five years. I'm still involved in that community, and – it's been really helpful because he teaches things like meditation and um, um, how to listen and how to uh, interact with people and negotiate compromises and things like that. So I found that that's been really helpful for me personally, uh, not just as a musician, but in my personal life and professional life too, because it's given me the, the courage to become a teacher <laughs> in, in the profession. So, um, yeah, so, so I, I think that's, that's good. Um, part of this too, is that as I get older, I f feel that uh, some of the stuff that I've learned and figured out, I should pass on and, um, be part of the legacy. Um, they help, help the, uh, younger people that are coming up and maybe encourage people to, to look at alternative medicine as well. Yeah. Well, we're certainly at CIVT. We're the benefit of that because you've got some upcoming webinars for us that I'm personally look, really looking forward to. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So you're solo practitioner. What, what are your plans? Are you going to try to find someone to come in with you? How are you going to, how are you going to take care of your clients as you grow older? Well, um, I've had part-time people, but most of them, uh, all of them, uh, I, I'm not, sorry, most of them, there was a couple, um, most of them were uh, conventional medicine only. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been having a hard time finding people that have the mix of skills that I need for my practice. Mm -hmm. um, clients get used to seeing a certain thing happen, whether it's acupuncture or chiropractic or um, herbal or um, mixtures. And if, uh, it's, if they can't get what they want, then they, they only want to see me. So it doesn't really help mm -hmm. to yeah. hire someone else that they can't help the clients. So, and having trouble finding someone, I thought, well, I guess maybe I should do my bit and start teaching so I can maybe eventually teach someone who will take over the practice. 
but I, I'm still enjoying practice. I, I love practice and I like um, working with patients. My patients teach me a lot and finding out new things. I, I think um, I can't see retiring. Um, I'm certainly still in wanting to work for, I don't know, at least the next five years, if not longer. <laughs> Ten Good. years. Good. It is the problem with our sort of work is that, you know, to find someone who does the things that we do and the way that we do them, it's difficult. Yeah. It's yeah. difficult. So sports, are they still a thing for you? Yes. I, I still ride uh, fairly actively. I, I rode dressage for a while. I still ride some dressage on the horse I'm, ri- <clears throat> excuse me, I'm riding. Um I try to stay active. I go to the gym to keep myself fit. Um, unfortunately, where I was a gymnast, uh, I do have some issues with my neck and my back, but uh, I, I try to keep as busy as I can. Um, I bicycle a little bit, although I haven't recently. Um, gardening. Um, yeah, just being outside, hiking. I uh, used to go camping, but with the pandemic, I haven't really done much of that. Pandemic yeah. has certainly sort of cramped things. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, Laura, I think that's a good place to stop. It was great talking. And uh, I again, I'm really looking forward to, to your webinars coming up. Thanks. And I hope to see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, All Neil. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.